3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be telling you the story of the catacombs in Paris, which (laughs) we've already recorded once and it messed up. So hopefully this time it will record all the way through. Did you want to go ahead and get started? Yeah, let's jump right in. Yeah, because this is a big story. So, And the words are difficult. (laughs) Yes, so I'm going to apologize up front for two things. Number one, I feel like I sound a little stuffy, so if I do, I really apologize. And two... There's some French words in here, and I know we had the discussion about Spanish. I don't think either one of us took French. So yeah, no. Just, French is, uh, I can say croissant. <laughs> That's about it. Just bear with us with this story, because it's it can get a little rough. <laughs> okay. The catacombs weren't always a refuge for human bones. In Roman times, open-air quarries existed throughout the region, well beyond the city limits of what the Romans called Lutetia long before it became the French capital. People helped themselves to the stone, first for their humble dwellings, but once the Middle Ages rolled in, for their huge cathedrals as well. After all, why transport stone from far away when so much limestone could be found so easily just beneath their feet? As the city spread, it found itself right above the quarries, but constant excavations would weaken the ground, creating an unregulated underground labyrinth that threatened to collapse. Sometimes it did, like an infamous 1777 collapse on the Rue des Enfers, or Des Enfers, which swallowed up an entire house. Worried about the ground under Paris, authorities set up the set up a general inspectorate of quarries, which still exists today, to check on the stability of the quarries and to prevent anyone from digging new ones. Meantime, the cemeteries of Paris were filling up. The city was expanding and population was growing, and the city's 200 graveyards could no longer keep up with the demand for space. Each time a new grave was dug, bones would be found underneath. The sheer weight of all these bodies was straining the grave walls until finally, in 1780, an entire chunk of the Cimetière des Innocents, the largest in Paris, gave way right into the basement of a local restaurant. Collapse was not the only danger. The entire setup was utterly insalubrious, insalubrious, the many mass graves becoming sources of infection and illness, smelling of putrefaction? I can't say that. That was supposed to be putrefaction. Putrefaction. Okay, well, I misspelled something. So putrefaction and smelling of putrefaction and polluting the wells from which people got their drinking water. As this, this is the word I messed up on when we were recording to begin with, because this was so bad. I could not say this word. Let's see. As the citizens, oh my God. As the citizenry, citizenry howled, Paris finally did something about the overflowing cemetery. It moved the buried remains to the former quarries of the Tomb Essoir in what is now the 14th arrondissement. And that's how it all began. The bones were carried in the dead of night 
to avoid scaring the city's respectable burghers. One can only imagine such a death procession, with priestly robes floating past by torchlight, accompanied by by the squeal of heaving carts and the whispered blessings of the clergy as the cortege moved forward. That would be a sight to see. Imagine you're eating dinner... And then just dead bodies come through the basement. <laughs> or you just see, like, robed figures. Candles and all, probably chanting oh prayers. God. Yeah. Oh, man. So now we're going to give a quick timeline of the catacombs' history. 53 million years ago, Paris was a swamp. 47 million years ago, the city began to take shape with rivers and banks. In the first century CE, Paris got the first open-air limestone pits. In 14th century, the first underground quarries are built. In 1774, there's a serious cave-in, 300 meters of the tunnels collapsed. In 1776, Louis XIV bans mining under Paris. In 1777, General Inspectorate of Quarries was created. In 1780, the Saints Innocence Cemetery closes. In 1786, a municipal ossuary opens in the former Tomb Isoir quarry. From 1787 to 1814, more bones were transferred from local Paris cemeteries. In 1809, the ossuary opened to the public. In 1860, the last bones were brought in after being uncovered during Haussmann's urban works. In 2002, the catacombs became part of the Musée Carnavalet History of Paris. And from 2017 to 2019, a new entrance and exit was inaugurated. Now for visiting the catacombs. The first bones were moved in April 1786, and more would be added over time as other cemeteries filled up. By 1814, when the quarries finally closed, the tunnels would be home to six million Parisian souls. They came to be known as the catacombs, in reference to the underground necropoles in Rome, although in Paris they were ossuaries rather than places of burial. Eventually, excavations during the 1960s would yield even more remains, which would also find their way here. The Paris catacombs were opened to the public on July 1st, 1809, with great fanfare, creating a stir among the glitterati, beautiful people who visited. These included such contemporary luminaries as Napoleon III and the Emperor of Austria. The section that's open to the public is called the Ossuary of Denfort Rocher, across the street from the metro station of the same name. And Denfort Rocher, or Rochero, by the way, was a military leader who led the heroic resistance of the city of Belfort in 1871 during the Franco-Prussian War. There's no question that this is one of the more unusual places to see in Paris. I think I would definitely, like, really like to see that. And first of all, I love the word glitterati for beautiful people. Like, I don't know about you, but I think that's such a cool word. Like glitter. Right, because, I mean, I like glitter. I like glitter. Kenny hates glitter. I like glitter. But I think that's a pretty (laughs) word, like, especially the meaning. Okay, so now we're descending into darkness. We are going into the catacombs. It's a simple journey, beginning with a corkscrew stairway that plunges you 20 meters underground. There's no avoiding this. There are no elevators. That's a no from me. After looking around a well-lit room filled with information and displays, the hush begins. A pseudo-grand entrance leads you into the catacombs with these words, Stop. This is the Empire of Death. And they have those words above, uh, above the door in French. I can't say that in French, so. (laughs) 
Not discouraging, but not quite welcoming either. They're not called the haunted catacombs of Paris for nothing. Know that you'll be walking through lengthy tunnels of humid earth for quite a while before reaching the actual ossuary, so claustrophobes should abstain, as should those who have difficulty breathing. As you advance, any noise will become more muted and muffled, enveloping you in the silence of the earth beneath. The path forward is relatively well marked, but don't wander off because there is no phone signal down here, and if you get lost, <laughs> yeah. There is a famous story about a certain Philibert Aspert who wandered into the depths of the catacombs in 1793, but never found his way out. Who knows if his ghost isn't still wandering around? It probably is. You'll see plenty of astonishing things. Bones built up into unusual shapes and structures, signs with names of the streets above, small rooms with vaults. Rather than the grim and gory scenes you might expect, the bones have been positioned to please a decision made long ago by the, by the then General Inspector of the Quarries, Heracart Day 3. He set up the bones as a museum with spectacular architectural structures such as Doric columns, plaques, altars, and unusually shaped structures, many of which are considered works of art. Had he been at work today, some of the more whimsical constructions would not have been considered good taste by 21st century sensitivities. And I love that sentence because it throws so much shade. <laughs> so much shade. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the legend of the cat skulls. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Many Paris catacomb legends may be true, or not, but the story of the cat skulls is guaranteed to give you chills. It is to be found in a book about underground Paris, which revealed in 1896, discovery of hundreds of skulls in the tunnels. Cat skulls. It seems the catacombs shared a well with a nearby restaurant, undoubtedly run by an uns unscrumpulous manager who passed off felines as rabbits, their taste apparently resembling one another. This being an unacceptable practice, disposing of cat carcasses in the well isn't, well, inconceivable. Yet another of the creepy stories are told about the catacombs. So does that mean, <clears throat> when he said that passed off felines as rabbits, so he was cooking cats? Yeah. Instead of rabbits? and or It was on the menu as rabbits, but you were getting a cat. Gosh. Yeah. And just That's so messed up. Their carcasses in the well. Oh, me. Yeah. Here's um, one of the myths and legends of the catacombs, the uncovered video camera. This by far is one of the creepiest Paris catacombs legends. In the early 1990s, a group of cataphiles, people who study and explore the Paris catacombs regularly, regularly, were walking through the dark chambers of the cemetery. They happened upon a video camera on the ground. To their surprise, the camera had footage on it. As the group watched the footage, they heard disturbing noises. It became apparent that the man holding the video camera was lost and had no idea how to escape. In the video, the audience can clearly see that the man is going mad inside the underground network of tunnels. The video ends abruptly with the man dropping his camera on the ground. To this day, no one knows who this man was or if he came out alive. Many believe that the movie As Above, So Below was inspired by this tragedy. Which I have seen. Yes, I have seen that too. And, um, so I don't think, so, um, I guess I was really confused because I thought, I was like, maybe it's Philibert Asperit, the guy who wandered off and, you know, didn't, I don't think they would have had video cameras 200 years ago or 200 years before that. Yeah. <laughs> like. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, whew, no. Okay. 
And we're going to talk about Philibert Asperit a little bit more in just a second. So voices possibly linked to the video camera story. A famous Paris catacomb legend says that a mystifying thing occurs within the burial site after midnight. Why are you in there after midnight? The legend says that if you are inside the Paris catacombs after midnight, the walls begin to speak. Disembodied voices will try to persuade you to venture deeper and deeper into the catacombs until you can't find your way out. Why are you in there after midnight anyways? Cataphiles, man. Man. <laughs> Crazy. Philibert Aspert. During the French Revolution, a man named Philibert Aspert was a doorman at the mm, Val de Grace Hospital on a mission to fetch a certain liqueur. Liqueur? Liqueur. God, I can't say that. On a mission to fetch a certain liqueur from a cellar, Philibert actually ended up entering the Paris catacombs instead. Walking around the pitch black catacombs alone with just a single candle, so it didn't mention a camera, just a candle, Philibert became incredibly lost and confused. Many believe he may have been intoxicated at the time as well. Philibert's candle blew out, making his vision completely black. At this point, it was virtually impossible for him to escape the profound darkness of the catacombs. His body was not found until 11 years later when a group of cataphiles uncovered it. They identified him by the hospital key ring hanging from his belt. Asperit is buried in the catacombs in the exact same place where he died with a tombstone describing his death. Cataphiles and catacomb folklore tellers say that each November 3rd, Philibert Ghost haunts the labyrinth of the catacombs. Why would you bury him there? His final resting place. No, no wonder he haunts the place. I mean, been 11 years. (laughs) He's been haunting it for a while, technically. Oh, God. (laughs) So, the secret hideout. In 2004, a group of police officers were exploring a part of the Paris catacombs that was restricted from public access, and they began to uncover very strange things. First, they found a PA system with pre-recorded guard dog barking noises playing. Then they found 3,000 square feet of galleries wired for phones using pirated electricity. The officers found a bar, living area, workshop, lounge, and even a cinema with room to seat 20 people. The cinema seats had been carved into the stones of the catacombs. The creepiest part was they saw cameras on the ceiling recording them. The police squad went back to the area a few days later with a larger team to further investigate. Everything they had discovered from the phone lines to the Paris catacombs cinema had vanished. The only thing they found? A note that read, No no shares pas, meaning don't search. That's really freaking creepy. I like how it specified that the cinema seats were carved into the stone. Like, I know. Did they uncarve it? Like, they just made it lower? I know. Like, <sighs> in just a few days, like, they got rid of everything. A few days later. Yeah. And everything was gone. Granted, I would have been back, like, the next day. <laughs> yeah. Why would you wait that long? Why would you even leave? I mean, I understand maybe if it gets night, but mm-hmm. I'm ah. sure they had snacks down there. I mean, probably. They had a bar, so at least you could get drunk. (laughs) Yeah. In the... Okay, so if you want to visit the catacombs, these are things that you should know. And the first couple of things throw me and Charlie out of the loop for going. Because, man. And this is still true to this day. This website, the website that I got this information from was the Catacombs Paris website itself. So I'm sure that they update that very regularly. So... If you want to visit the catacombs, here are some things you should know. In the Paris catacombs, there are 131 steps to go down and 112 steps to climb up. And reading that over again, 
Where do they get that math? Where did it's 15 a, stairs go? A separate... You go in one way and come out another. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. I had to think about it when we first read the yeah, story. Like, I, why yeah. Is it? For this 1.5 kilometer circuit, plan on an hour-long visit. The average temperature is 14 degrees Celsius or 57 degrees Fahrenheit, and it can be very humid. You will be 30 meters underneath the ground. You will have to cross some narrow tunnels, so the claustrophobic might feel uncomfortable. The catacombs are also not accessible for persons with reduced mobility, which they very highly let you know that on their website. They, I mean, they say you are not, I don't even think they would let you buy a ticket, honestly. Yeah. So. It's not something they can make accessible either. Exactly. So, you can buy your tickets on the Paris Catacombs official website. Since only 200 people are allowed inside at a time, you might have to wait for some time. So, the best you can do is to buy your ticket in advance. This presents some advantages. You will be able to enter directly without queuing, and it includes an audio guide. This will cost you 29 euros or $30. If you'd rather buy the tickets on site, it will cost you 30, 13 euros. Oh my gosh. It will cost 13 euros for adults, 11 euros for people aged between 18 to 26. So I fall out of that category. And 5 euros for the children. On site, if you want an audio guide, an extra 5 euros will be charged. I've said it before. I like how they charge from 18 to 26. I know. Like, I miss getting, like, the discounted meals for being 11 years old. I know. And and five euros for children. So, like, if you're just... I guess they consider, like, 17 under. Yeah. And I don't think... Um, I did want to, like, specify. I don't think the 200 people allowed inside at one time, I don't think that has to do anything with COVID. I really think that just has to do with the space that's allowed down there. Yeah, it's a tunnel. There's no moving that. Right. So, I don't, I really don't think that has anything to do with COVID. Because this, all of this information that I just read was off their website specifically, so. Yeah, it's a tiny tunnel. It says that. Yeah. You have to squish through. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My resources for this story were the tourguy.com, offbeatfrance.com, catacombs.paris.fr, Wikipedia, and discoverwalks.com. So you can definitely, I would suggest if it is something that you're, you know, you want to do and you're able to do and you are going to France, you're going to Paris, whatever, and it's something you want to do, I would definitely look at their website, catacombs.paris.fr, and read all of their information because there was a lot of information on there about what you would need to bring what you can't bring what you like they even tell you you know weapons and stuff like that what you can and cannot bring you know all of that stuff so i if you if this is something you're interested in doing definitely check out catacombs.paris.fr that's their main website and it'll tell you everything you need before you go and if you're not you know from there then obviously you need to get your flight booked first i want to go to france I mean, I would love to go to France. I'd love to go to Paris, but like, I wouldn't do that. Just know, you know, with my heart condition and stuff, I just don't think I could do yeah. that. And and then your anxiety. <laughs> yeah, getting trapped down there, not being oh. able to make it up the stairs because I'm so Cause out of shape. You take a wrong turn, like, just in general. Like, what if you took a wrong turn? What if you just turned away for like two seconds? Because I've done that in a grocery store before. I turn away for two seconds and Kenny's gone or my mom's gone, and I'm like, what do I do? Like, what? <laughs> where, where did you guys go? Like, so I don't even want, and I, I know my way around a grocery store. I wouldn't know my way around the catacomb. So it's like, yeah. I would hate to be with people. And then all of a sudden and not be with people. 
yeah just <laughs> dead people and then you don't have <laughs> cell phone service down there so it's like who are you gonna call you can't call anybody just scream ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i had to say it <laughs> oh my god well i hope you guys enjoyed this story um maybe we'll go one day i know we want to work on traveling to some of these some of these places i know out of the country is probably a little bit for us right now but definitely like some of the places we talk about in north carolina and stuff like that yeah we'll go surrounding states oh yeah that'd be cool surrounding states maybe even alabama when it's not summertime yeah it's way too hot Mm. yeah it's way too hot down there down there now so (laughs) That's it for today. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and listening to our show. Don't forget you can find us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All the links can be found on our website, 3, the number 3, not the word, 3amtalesofterror.com. You can also subscribe with your email for updates there as well. If you have any questions for us or story ideas, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we we hope hope you were terrified. terrified.